I'd like to introduce our speaker for tonight, Teresa. Meeting over? 6 30. Okay. Thank you. Hi, I'm Teresa Capulso Reader. Hi. Hi. Thank you so much, John, for asking me to be of service. Uh, welcome, newcomers. Hi, everybody. It's nice to be here. Hi, Teresa. Hi, Teresa. Hi, great. I'm really happy to be here. You know, um, it's amazing to, to be standing here in front of you. Oh, I always like to start off with this. Um, I may refer to. Um, I these two pieces of uh, literature. You know, when I was eating um, compulsively, and uh, before I came to OA, I used to uh, always keep, can I see that purse for a second? I used to always keep uh, chips and dip in my purse. <laughs> <laughs> now I keep, now I keep the, the Alcoholics Anonymous Big Book and the 12 and 12, the 12 Steps and 12 Traditions, and some other books, too. But um, anyway, so I, I may be referring to them because I, I totally believe in, in the program and the 12 steps. So. And if you're new today and if you're struggling, just keep coming back and uh, you'll get it because God is powerful. The program is amazing. And, you know, I'm, in, I'm an example of how the program works. Um, you can take any person and, and um, apply the 12 steps and uh, you will guarantee it to... to uh, to get abstinent and to receive the gifts that I have. So I'm just, you know, a speaker of the 12th of the program, the Overeaters Anonymous program, and the program does work. So what I do is, is no is no mystery, no mystery. Um, it's uh, what we do in a way, basically, and I'll be sharing some of that with you. So um, and, and in addition to that, I wanted to also there's a couple of things I wanted to do, but well, let me get this out of the way. I, I, I always like to read this. Um, it's it's in the tw- uh, the OA. I mean the AA 12 and 12, and it's on page. Our Father program is Alcoholics Anonymous. OA comes from, uh, and it's on it's on the forward page, right here. And um, it says this. AA 12 steps, but we can just pretend it says OA because the 12 steps are the 12 steps and people recover from, I mean, they apply the 12 steps to all, you know, there's over 125 12 step groups and um, people seem to recover. It says the AA 12 steps are a group of principles, spiritual in their nature, which if practiced as a way of life can expel the obsession to drink or we can say to eat or to compulse overeat or whatever your disease is, binge, purge, or under eat, whatever it is, starve, and enable the sufferer to become happily and usefully whole. And uh, that's pretty much has been my experience. Uh, group of principles, spiritual in their nature, which if practice is a way of life. That means every day, all the time, um, you know, as, to the best of my ability, and uh, God has expelled the obsession for me to overeat and has enabled me to become happily and use, usefully whole. Because um, I'm, pr- I'm pretty happy today, I'm, and I feel very useful. I didn't feel useful, you know, when I was compulsive overeating. Because when I, you know, when you're compulsive overeating, you're um, not at a meeting, you're pretty much obsessed with life and and with things and um, with the food. So, um, you know, so. But as a result of working the program to the best of my ability, you know, things have changed. Let me give you a little bit about um, a little bit about my history. Is that um, I'm 22 years and a half sober and Alcoholics Anonymous. 
70 years absent in Overeaters Anonymous. And uh, that is only through the grace of God and working the program, you know, surrendering to a higher power and uh, surrendering uh, things that, you know, acceptance really, uh, surrendering things that I'm powerless over, you know. And one of those things is, uh, you know, my illness, my disease, my disorder. And uh, as soon as I had uh, came to that realization, you know, life came, you know, became easier for me. You know, life was much easier. But, um, so anyway, this is, um, I was born and raised in Wilmington, California, to Hispanic parents. My father, he just passed about three years ago, 84, and he was, uh, I just found out I was his favorite daughter, but uh, you would never think so <laughs> if you heard my uh, my story. Um, but I'll, sh- I'll try to share in a general way, because, uh, anyway, um, and um, I was, I went to Catholic schools. Uh, so I was pretty confined as a child, um, and uh, my dad was an alcoholic, and I got hit a lot as a child, um, and I, you know, as a child, I compulsively ate a lot too. Basically, um, I guess I was rebumptious, you know. I, I, I see it today as a little bit differently than than when you're growing up, you know, the type of uh, household that I come from. But, um, and uh, I guess my dad couldn't control me, so I get hit a lot, you know. And so as a result, I, the way I dealt with my pain was the compulsive rate. I ate, you know, I just ate, you know, out of loneliness, out of anger, out of resentment, out of uh, just not knowing how to deal with my family. My family. Um, and, uh, and that's what I did is I, I, uh, I just ate a lot, you know. I mean, how do, how do I feel... I mean, how is it that you can be in a family of, of eight people um, and uh, and feel alone? You know, I remember going to um, to an Alcoholics Anonymous meeting in Brentwood with a thousand people, and I still felt alone. You know, I was probably a year or two years sober, and I still felt alone. But I guess the the aloneness there was basically the feelings. You know, and uh, today I realize it's it's a matter of uh, disease of perception, so it was just my perception. Um, and today I don't feel alone too much. I feel part of. I think that's the most important thing that happened for me in my spiritual experience. That I started to feel a part of, and it's only because of the things that that I've learned here. And uh, I've been told uh, that these, if you do these things, you pretty much stay sober. And that is, um, it's um, over, out of, into, 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 and have fun and pay your bills. <laughs> and basically, that is I, first thing I had to do is, is um, get over myself, realize I wasn't a big deal after all, <laughs> and that's the self-obsession. And um, the next thing I had to do is. Uh, not only get over myself, but get out of myself. And that's, and I'll talk about how I, how I do that and how we do it, you know, in the program. Um, get out of myself, you know, get into the big book, get into uh, working the steps, get into being of service, you know, working with others, and, um, and being of service, you know, and help, helping other people. And of course, having fun. You know, you don't want to be a, a glum lot. So, um, 
but anyway, so, you know, when I was born, I was born in a bad mood, you know. (laughs) (laughs) Everything was no, you know. Do this, you know, do that. No, no, no. I was such a defined kid, you know. And, And so... You know, as uh, and a little bit, I still have a, you know a little kick in me, you know. But pretty, I'm pretty much surrender. You know, I may talk to myself, oh, you know, and say, you know, no, I'm not going to do this or that. But I, I still try to follow. I try to follow this to the best of my ability, because I've learned that, uh, you know, we have to um, quit fighting everything and everybody, including my my disorder, my disease, uh, the things that I'm supposed to do. Um, the rules and, and uh, regulations that, it, that we have to follow, just living in life, living life on life's terms. But uh, so as a child, what happened was um, I, I just, you know, I would just raid the kitchen all the time. I just remember being, you know, a little kid and, and always wanting to eat sweet bread, you know. And, and uh, in the Latin families, uh, every Sunday we'd go to church and then we'd come home and uh, I would raid. Uh, you know, the kitchen, what we ate was sweet bread. And today I can't stand that. I don't know how white people eat that at all, or pastries at all, you know. But um, um, not that I haven't, but I have, you know. Um, but um, but I, didn't, I didn't understand it. Maybe it had to do with economics because we work lower class, uh, probably middle lower class or upper lower class or maybe beginning middle class. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> But one of those, we weren't real poor, but we were, compared to what I am today, I, I guess I would say I was kind of, we were kind of somewhat poor. But, um, so anyway, uh, so th- that's the thing that we did, you know, is that it was a r- ritual that we, you know, we ate sweet bread, and so I would just eat it until I felt sick. And eventually what happened is that when my parents would leave, uh, they were always fighting my household. There was always drama. In my house today, it's quiet. <coughs> it's quiet, you know. And um, I have tools today to deal with disagreements and, and arguments or whatever. But but then, you know, I just got into the food, and later on I got into drugs and alcohol, and then I got into sex and gambling and prostitution and uh, just being defiant, stealing, you know, selling drugs and, you know, all these terrible things that we do just to survive. And... Um, and today, it's like, um, it's amazing, you know, the way that it's amazing to see that, um, that how much we change as a result of turning our life over to God and this program. And uh, so anyway, so what happened was, that's what happened. When I was 14, I met this guy, and, and I started to, uh, you know, do terrible things, get into drugs and alcohol, and and I did a little bit of tricking here and there and uh, for the drugs. And, and then, uh, you know, I had this terrible boyfriend. And I ended up going to um, college. This, this one counselor saved my life. And he said, uh, why don't you go to college? Today I'm a, I'm, I have many professions. I'm very bright, they say. But um, I'm a high school counselor. <coughs> and a count- I was a high school counselor that told me, you know, why don't you go to college? And I had to be average. And I was ditching school, and <clears throat> ditching school like 17, 18, 19, you know, days and still get A's, mm-hmm. you know. That's the public school system. <laughs> and, uh, not terrible, huh? But, you know, I work in a public school of 5,000 high school students in East L.A., and, um, you know, and it's just a blessing to be there, to be, 
to be an example and to be able to help kids whenever I can. As I, as I'm not a high school, I'm a high school uh, counselor. I've been an elementary, middle school, and, and uh, high school teacher. But presently, I'm an advisor. Uh, I write grants um, for the, you know, for for a part, certain part, career technical and education department, and, and within the high school, and. Uh, and I also am a marriage family therapist intern. I have three master's degrees. I have a learning disability. I'm gay. What else you want to know? <laughs> <laughs> and I'm also a financial planner presently. And that's what I want to do. It took me this long to do what I want to do because I was so afraid to be who I was. I heard Jack, this guy in uh, AA, he's uh, I think 46 years, 47 years sober. And he sponsored me for a little bit. He said to me, well, he shares in his pitch that it took him forever to, to do what he really wanted to do. You know, not what other people, because my whole life, you know, my whole story is about, you know, pleasing other people and being something that I never really wanted to be, you know. Um, I almost married men to, married men three times, you know, I had diamond rings on my finger and, you know, tying the weddings and stuff, and I never really uh, was in love. You know, I thought I was. I tried. I really tried, believe me. And, um, and it just wasn't God's will, you know. Um, I had tried to, you know, I tried so many things just, just to please people, my parents especially. And uh, I remember my dad, I mean, thank God I was sober and, and abstinent during this time, but he passed three years ago. And I remember four years ago before he passed, he said to me, or maybe even five years ago, he said to me, and uh, he said, Teresa, before I die, no, I guess it might have been, it must have been, Probably a little bit more than that. Probably like 40. I think it was like 40. He had said to me, um, Teresa, before I pass, he goes, I want you to, to get married and have kids. You know, And I, I couldn't get married and have kids because I'm gay, right? I mean, I really tried, believe me. I mean, I was raised Catholic. I didn't want to be gay, you know, believe me. I didn't want to be gay. I mean, I mean nothing if you're gay. God bless you, you know. And, I, you know, today I have no problems with my sexuality. But I had a lot of, you know, I ate over sex. I had a lot of, a lot, a lot of emotional problems because I couldn't accept that because of the, the religion aspect. And, you know, and believe me, it's, uh, and I realized through that through a lot of inventories. Trying to try to do what other people want you to do, and and then finally, you know, I'm living the life that I want to live, and uh, that's what God wants. You know, God wants us to be happy, joyous, and free. You know, not pissed off, resentful, and and you know, he, angry. He wants us to be happy, joyous, and free. He wants, to, and God will tell you what His will is because you'll feel good about it. You know, but anyway, so we <coughs> backtrack a little bit. So what happened was. Um, I ended up going to um, college, and uh, my I hit bottom in AA about six years in my uh, drinking, you know, and all this time I was compulsive. I was on diet pills for 10 years, maybe, uh, you know, I was on speed for a long time. And uh, I had to take pills to be uh, at a decent weight, you know. Um, I was pretty heavy as a child. I have pictures that... I, I'm probably down about 40 pounds, maybe 35. Um, but as a child, I was pretty heavy, and um, and so I took a lot of diet pills, and I always went up and down a lot, you know, as a result of the diet pills. When I got sober, I couldn't. I, I got sober through the grace of God. I ended up in AA, but um, 
I attempted a suicide because I, I, I didn't, uh, I just didn't like myself and no did I like my life, despite the fact I was teaching first grade, you know, at the time. And um, so anyway, I, you know, thank God that I ended up in Alcoholics Anonymous. That was 22 and a half years ago. Um, and I realized that, um, you know, I ate it because of a lot of the eating, the eating, uh, the eating, you know, because of my life. You know, I wasn't happy at all with what I was doing. And I, you know, I just was in total denial about a lot of things. So um, I finally, uh, I got sober and then, about two years, I started going, I got a year sober. I went to all the meetings in Alcoholics Anonymous, CA and NA and all that stuff. And then, anyway, so now I'm sober and now you can't take drugs. No speed. No diet pills, you know. You can't take diet pills, you can't take speed, you can't take anything that, that affects you for the neck up. So I was just gaining, gaining, gaining weight, probably about 35 pounds. And um, I would go up and down again. You know, exercising and and uh, and the thing is, is that people would say to me, Teresa, I didn't know you had an eating disorder. My eating friends would say, because you know, you know, like the big book says that you know we can wear, we can, you know, we're like, what is it, Doctor Jekyll and, and Miss Doctor Mister Hyde? You know, we can, uh, you know, we can be like two people. You know, on the, on the outside, where I was real sociable and I had a lot of friends, uh, but on the inside, deep down, I was suffering from this disorder. I uh, I remember going to the Pacific Group. I used to be in this uh, really active AA group, and I and you know you don't give a, an alcoholic a, a brownie commitment, you know, <laughs> <laughs> and a compulsive reader especially. And I was I remember serving those brownies. It was thousands of people every Wednesday, and I was serving and because I I took sponsor direction and and. Um, I was so resentful of that meeting because I had to get there like two hours before and, and you know, and blah, 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 you know. and, uh, and But it, I'm so happy. And now, in retrospect, it saved my life because now I know about service and I've applied it to my OA program. Get there on time. Thank the speaker despite your life. Just, and these things have really helped me in my life. You know, thanking the speaker. I, I thank the speaker any place, any conference, meeting, convention. And as a result, I've been, I've been, I've been given jobs and been, you know, received promotions, you know, all kinds of stuff. But uh, it's a good habit. I, it's a good thing to do, even if you know you don't feel like it. But uh, it's just suit up and show up. But anyway, um, I remember handing out those brownies, and um, I'm hitting bottom now. You know, I'm compulsive eating and and uh, compulsively exercising and uh, just checking out. I go to the A meetings and then go home and just compulsive overeat and uh, watch the Lakers and watch TV and just isolate. And inside I was like, you know, I don't know what was going on. I just got really depressed and I was at the, I would keep serving those things for a year and every, every Wednesday I would take like these napkins and my purse and I would just stuff my purse with all these with all these you know brownies and and then go in my car and then eat them and then start gaining a lot of weight you know 10 20 30 pounds 35 and and I had this friend uh, her name was Michelle uh, Jaffe and she would say to she would say I think here it was here and some other couple maybe one other person and I think God who you know people who are bold like that a lot of you know she was very bold and 
and she would say, you know, I think you're a lot. Of, I think you're gaining a lot of weight. I think you're a compulsive feeder, you know. And uh, but yeah, we were we were kind of close, you know, at the time. So, it, it, but you know, I just oh no, you know, and I just kind of put it to the side. And and um, anyway, uh, and I didn't want to be. I mean, who wants another disease? <laughs> you know what I mean? Do you want? <coughs> I don't. I don't want another disease. I mean, it, you know, in AA, I mean, in that group, it was so demanding, and, and they would control your life and tell you what to do. I mean, I don't want to go to another group and then tell you what to do. But that's exactly what happens. <laughs> anyway, so um, I, I would go home and, and isolate and gain all this weight, and uh, I was pretty active exercising, and. Um, and, but anyway, um, and trying to get rid of the food that I would binge and purge on. The next thing I know, I have my head down the toilet and trying to throw up stuff and, and taking laxatives and, and all that stuff. And uh, just a lot of crazy, insane, out-of-control behavior. And I'm thinking, well, maybe I am a compulsive. You know, maybe I am. So I ended up going to therapy. It was either I opened the phone book. Now, I don't suggest this for, for newcomers or anybody. I opened the phone book. I said either, I'm either going to, I mean, I was really serious now, okay? I mean, my behavior was absurd, okay? I would uh, open the phone book and I said, oh, maybe I'll, I'll either see a therapist or kill myself, you know? <laughs> and because my behavior was so crazy, I was getting people pissed off at me. I remember this um, insane behavior. First step behavior. Okay, I would call uh, Chris Pizza in Culver City. If you notice, it, it, it was on um, Venice Boulevard near, I don't know, over there someplace. But, you know, since then they had moved, and I think it was because of me. <laughs> but anyway, I, um, it, I, it, I couldn't, I mean, if you like New York pizza, God bless you, but I hate New York pizza. Okay? <laughs> I hate the pizza that he made, but th that's insane. When you're compulsive reading, you'll eat anything, even if you don't like it. You know, that's one of the questions you could ask yourself. They should have a, a 20, a 20 uh, I, I know there are questions. I know in AA they have questions, but that would be one of my questions. Have you ever eaten something that you hate that's disgusting? You know, just to eat it, and that's what I did. I remember it being midnight, and uh, by this time I'm on a bench and I'm eating, and uh, I will call Chris's Pizza, and, and I go pick it up and then take it home. Or I'm, they may have delivered it or something, and... Um, and so I would eat half of it, despite the fact that I really didn't like it. You know what I mean? I just wanted to eat. You know, I mean, by this time, the disease has grabbed me by the, by the neck and has choked me, you know. And um, it has a hold of me. And I'm just into the disease and, and just totally out there. And I eat half of it, which I didn't like. And I might have, I might have had two. or I had one all day or eaten all day, and then I had this one. And then the next morning, I felt like shit, like, you know, like an alcoholic does. You have a hangover. You feel like shit. And you go, I wake up, and I wait till 11 o'clock or 12, and I take it back to Chris, the oh. owner. And I said, you know what? I demand a refund. I hate this pizza. You know? <laughs> and uh, it's just like I told you, since then he's moved, you know. Uh, but uh, I'll never forget that, that, that day. I, and anyway, I went back to make amends somehow. And uh, I'm not sure if he, if he had moved already or what, but he probably had enough of me. So, um, yeah, he never gave me anything. And I threw the pizza on the counter. I said, F you. I'm never coming back here again, you know. But, you know, those are the things we do. You know, we do crazy things. Um, 
So not too much after that. I I um, I had a, f- a sponsor or a friend that um, that was going to certain type of Overeaters Anonymous meetings, and so I started going to those, and and I kept relapsing. I remember going to Culver City meetings, and um, and it, there was a few people that were really really what I wanted. And physical recovery to me is important, and. Um, and so I had, there was a couple of people that I had asked them to be my sponsor, and they said no. So I was very sensitive, you know, mm-hmm. very sensitive. So I really took it personally, you know what I mean? And uh, I said, well, I'm never going to, you know, and I get all mad and stuff. And so, and then I think too much of OA, so then I go eat. And um, and then one day I went out with some OA members in, in this meeting. It's not there no more. It was on Overland. Maybe some of you uh, people who have, like, 20 years might know where this place was, but it was at by Overland, and um, and um, and then the people that were eating, they were eating like pigs. You know what I mean? And um, I said, I don't want that. You know, OA was not attracted to me at that time. I mean, I had I had thought that was OA. Okay, remember? I mean, I'm a newcomer, right? I never, you know, I never really knew how we were supposed to act and stuff. So I would go out with them to to eat, and they would really like stuff themselves. And, uh, and I said, well, I don't know if I want that, you know. So um, I end up, it was just a bad, it was, there might have been one person that was abstinent. I mean, I, I mean, I should judge because, you know, <coughs> forgive me. Uh, but maybe that was an improvement to what they came from. Maybe I should say that. So I really wasn't attracted to that. So I went to another Tostic group of over it, and I was a, a feeder group of OA. And I stayed abstinent. I got this one sponsor, and uh, she made me call in my food. I did weigh and measure, and I did abstain. I did it for about 14 years, uh, stayed away from sugar. And then my good old dad passed away. I mean, I, I was, you know, I, my dad, you know, he he died, and, uh, and I had a really hard time. You know, I had a hard time. I didn't compulsive read, but I, I, I ate a few candy bars, to be honest. You know, I didn't compulsively eat them, but I ate them, and uh, and I did, I just had to redefine my abstinence, and and I grew a lot, I matured, and I realized a lot of things. You know, um, I realized that uh, you know that uh, that I had loved my dad a lot. You know, my dad and I, despite the fact that you know he wasn't a really good dad, and uh, I loved my dad. And I'm so glad that I had worked the steps. And, you know, the way I was taught to work the steps is that you you read the, you know, you go through the 12 and 12 and the OA also, 12 and 12, and also the big book, chapter by chapter and stuff like that, and read and write and share with the sponsor. And I'm so glad that I know the big book because I remember going out with my dad and I asked him, I said, Dad, do you, this is like, it might have been when I was doing my, I don't know, Despite the fact that he mistreated me, I always loved my dad, you know. And the big book says that, you know, I had asked him. I, we went out to lunch. My mother went to Mexico and uh, just to visit her fast and family, and I asked her, him, I said, Dad, do you think you were a good dad? And he said, you know what, Mejita, or he didn't say, I don't he might have said that. I don't think he said Mejita. He said, you know, uh, Terry, he goes, uh, yeah, I think I was. I, I worked hard. I paid the bills. And I raised the kids, 
you know. And, you know, there, there was a time, you know, some, some men or parents, maybe women too, think that if you raise your kids and, and you pay the bills and, you know, but I didn't think they were good parents. And that was something I'd learned to the right. And that's okay. You know, they did the best they can. And I like that attitude, you know, instead of slamming them. Because, you know what, I did, I hurt a lot of people myself through my drinking and using. You know what I mean? And, um, and God's forgive me. And he's a great God. So when I said, oh, you do? And he said, yeah. And um, years later, and I didn't, you know, the big book says you don't slam people. It says you don't argue with people that you resent. Because I had a lot. I, I, ate and I drank and used drugs and did all these terrible things and compulsive rate later and due, due to the, because I was getting back at my parents, you know, for all the anger and resentment that I had, you know, but and um, that you don't slam them because and then you'll miss an opportunity to help them later on. And when my dad died, he, he, he died with, um, he died with forgiveness. So, anyway, um, and I'm, so, I'm just really grateful to, you know, to be a member of this 12-step fellowship over here as Anonymous because, and Alcoholics Anonymous, because it really, it really has changed me. And uh, I would just sit there. I never really. The, I, I did tell him though. I told him eventually. I said, you know, Dad, when I I say I'll come and visit you, because my amends, because I hurt them a lot. I mean, they had known what I had done. I told my mom some of this stuff, but no. But um, I had to, I I told my dad, you know what? If you get abused, I'll come and visit you and bring you gifts and you know all this stuff. Because when I was using I, and drinking and, and doing drugs, I never showed up for anything. So every birthday, every holiday, every Christmas, you know, I just show up. I learned through this program that you just sit up and show up and, um, and just be there. And so, you know, I, um, I told him, you know, as long as you're not abusive, I'll just come and visit you all the time. And he was the type of guy that would just sit on the couch and just complain about the world. I, was, I turned out just like him, you know, when I was out there, just like him. I'd sit on the couch and, you know, in fact, in, in, I was the queen of the ABCs. You know, queen of arguing, blaming, and complaining. <laughs> <laughs> you know, if you look at my, uh, well, you're not going to look at my inventory, but my inventory is basically that, arguing, blaming, and complaining. You know, today if I'm arguing, blaming, and complaining, there's something wrong with me. They say if, if, you're, not the, if you're not the problem, then there's no solution. So most of my problems are my own making, and that, again, is in, in our 12-step, in our big book of Alcoholics Anonymous. So... You know, if I'm having problems, it's because I created it, you know, uh, for the most part, you know. <coughs> so anyway, I'm glad that I was able to live the last years. Of, and I would just sit there and love my dad unconditionally. It, the program has taught me how to love unconditionally. And I would just sit there and listen to him. And, and I'm glad I, I, I was able to be there the last years with him and just sit there. You know, I mean, that's my immense. You know, that is living immense. Because he had no one else to talk to. Who else is going to listen to somebody like that, you know? Mm -hmm. But it's through God's grace, you know? I mean, love is, is um, as long as he wasn't abusive. And, and by the way, I did report my family members to, because I'm an I'm a MFT intern, so I had to report them to. I reported them to the agencies like three or four times. My sister hated me. I'm going to call your school and tell them you're gay, you know? <laughs> you know, and I said, oh, don't you dare, you know? 
and she never did, thank God, but she was mad, but, you know, she stopped abusing her kids, you know, and my, um, so anyway, that, that was, and they did get some help, you know, my, my, um, and they came out and checked out my dad, and he stopped yelling at my, my nephew and quit, you know, abusing him and calling him, I mean, I mean really, like, really bad, you know, and, um, so things did improve a little bit, you know, so, anyway, I'm really, um, grateful for everything I had gone through because it's made me a stronger person. You know, I never, I don't regret anything about my past because I'm able to help newcomers. You know what I mean? I help a lot of, I can help a lot of people. I've helped a lot of people, I should say. You know, with the people that I've sponsored and, um, and your deepest, darkest secret is your greatest asset because there'll be somebody that you'll inspire or be able to assist Somebody has problems with the family, you know. I, you know, because they're not going to change. And today, you know, I have to learn when I'm with my family. Don't try to control, change. Don't criticize them. Just love them. Let them be. You know. What is it? Live and let live. You know. Let them be who they are. And uh, just be an example of the program. That's it. You know. Because if I'm if I'm trying to change, control, manipulate, or you know, and then I'm not, I'm not being loving, and um, and so I just, you know, just try to, uh, just try to be a part of, you know, be of service, um, you know, be of service, um, help wash dishes or, or talk to one of my sisters or um, clean that, you know, just do something, you know, you know, do something if I feel, you know, if I feel uh, out of place. But most of the time I don't. I don't feel out of, I haven't felt out of place for a long time. At my job, I feel pretty much uh, a part of, and my family, and my relation. I'm in a relationship with a woman. We've been together 10 years, and uh, and it's a miracle. Uh, you know, I've learned how to. You know, if they say if you really want to know how spiritual you are, look at your relationship. They would be, you know, how you treat other people. You know, because the bottom line is that you know you always want to treat people good. You know, you know, including myself, you know, um, you always want to treat people good. I've learned some good lessons about that one because uh, I remember I missed, in the past mistreated somebody and the next thing you know, they're your boss. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> you know, or, or they're, or just, you know, say something wrong and they're the principal of the school or whatever. You know, the miracle... Um, that I've learned is that, um, is that, you know, I mean, one of the things that has happened to me is that, you know, I have a, a ministry, I have three master's degrees, by the way, and I have a learning disability. And um, in my position, sometimes they, you know, in my drinking and in my using days, I was, um, they were going to fire me and stuff like that because I wouldn't come in and I'd be drunk and stuff. And, and um, many times they call me and, to be, they, I'm the administrator in charge <laughs> of a school. Can you believe that? When they used to call me like 23 years ago, 25 years, Teresa, are you coming to work? You know, I'd, I'd be in bed plastered, you know. And here I am, you know, in charge of a school. It's great. I mean, that that's a miracle. You know, that's only because the program. You know, it's amazing. But, you know, it doesn't matter if it's food or, or any other, you know, disease. This this eating disorder for today it's under control through God's grace and um, 
because I was ready, you know, ready to surrender for the most part. For the most part. Um, today I don't have a heart attack if I have something that I'm not supposed to. You know, um, I'll just admit my fault and then just move forward. Um, I um, in the in my first 12 years or 13 years that I was doing it really rigid. Uh, you know, I um, I realized that. Um, that, you know, you have to be easy on yourself. You know, I'm not saying that, you know, intentionally uh, do, you know, do things that are going to hurt yourself, but you don't want to, I've got a lot of slamming anyway. I don't need to do that anymore. So, um, so you know, once in a while, uh, you know, I don't really try to, you know, make a big deal out of anything. I try not to, you know, it, with the food, and I don't make the food my higher power. It's only food, you know what I mean? It's only food. It's, it's, um, so it's only food. That's it. And the only thing greater than food is God. So if I turn my will, my life over to God, and I know that I can't eat certain things for the most part, uh, you know, everything's going to be okay. Um, and um, so yeah, my sponsor taught me in a way that you know, if you if you do have something you're not supposed to, just like a tenth step, admit it, and then move on. Work with the newcomer. It says that on page 84 to 88. You know, and then you turn your will and your life over to helping somebody else. You know, um, and um, so you know, if, if you're struggling, get on your knees. And I know, you know, if you're of a certain religion, you don't do that. Well, ask yourself this: Did you ever get on your knees to pick up food? How many, how many of us got on our knees to pick up food? How many of us got on our knees for sex? Come on. <laughs> How many of I see? How many of us got on our knees for gardening? <laughs> what about getting on our knees to do drugs? Come on, let's be honest. When you drop, see, there's a couple of people here. See, so you know we can get on our knees for something spiritual, something great, and something reward, something very uh, profound. Because when I get on my knees, it always, it's, I'm surrendered. Just you know, it's. Um, I mean, there's no more fighting. We stop fighting everything and everybody. Including that negative thinking that says you're a piece of shit, you know, good, you know, whatever. But um, so I think uh, I'm about done. So thank you so much. For oh, step eleven. I um I I you know because I'm so hyper, you know, I um I have moments of meditation. Sometimes I'll do it for a minute, two minutes, pretty much, but not, not as, I, I couldn't improve in that area, to be honest. That's probably the hardest step for me. But I, I you know, when I first uh, was praying and meditating, I used to get on my knees and, 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 you know, really concentrate and stuff like that. But now I've learned that as long as my heart's on its knees, it's okay. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Because sometimes I'll be in the middle of things and, and, um, and I really, I, but for many, many years, I would just run to the restroom and, and get on my knees, you know. And sometimes I couldn't do it, you know. Somebody's yelling at you and you want to pop them. You have to, <laughs> you can't hit them, right? So you just have to, like, put your heart on your knees and say, okay, God, you know, just walk me through this. Don't let me lose my temper. Don't let me do anything I'm not, you know, and just just take it easy, you know. And um, so that, that that's probably the hardest step, because, probably because I'm so, you know, I'm very active, I'm hyper, you know, so, thank you.